This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 224, Kong, Skull Island Road Trip. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so wise you are. was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Strangers and Aliens Road Trip! Road Trip! I am here, your host, one of them anyway, it's me, Evan, just Evan, and I'm here with my good friend... Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here with my acquaintance, Evan's good friend... (laughs) Brennan Miller... He's back again. If you've been listening to our road trips, Brennan is a frequent guest with us, and he's back here again. And Ben, what are we seeing? We are seeing a lady walking on the sidewalk right there. We are seeing a couple cars parked on the side of the road. I just saw a purple. That was a guy. Uh, He very, very, very tight pants on. (laughs) That was... (laughs) You know, I'm just reminded of, uh, I'm not going to go there, but there's a Beavis and Butthead joke that uh, was made about people that you see them and think one thing. But anyway, um, I'm, uh, what did you say? What movie are we seeing? <laughs> We're going to go see Kong Skull Island. All right. And I have to say, I am super hyped for this one. Great. And then I can tell because... Uh, what what are you wearing? Who are you wearing? Well, I am wearing an 80s tee shirt from that company. I think that's the name of the company. And it is Godzilla. It is not wearing the shirt to the thing. Even though this production company produced the most recent Godzilla movie that we had. But it's close. It's close. It's another kaiju monster. I don't, does King Kong count as a kaiju? Well, he does and he doesn't. Because he's been in a couple different actual like Toho produced movies. Like his second, well, King Kong in name and character, his second film was King Kong versus Godzilla. So does it only count, does the, do they only count as a kaiju if they're from Toho or is it if they're from no, Japan? No, I, I'm just saying that like he wouldn't have been considered ka, uh, kaiju really before that. But then they put him in when he's a giant, giant monster in a Japanese film. And so that's, that's definitely like he definitely fits when he's King Kong versus Godzilla. Okay. And Brennan, he, you went with us last time to see Shin Godzilla. Uh, yes, I did. And I feel like since I did that, I should know what tofu and kung ju mean, but I don't, or whatever you said. 
<laughs> it's Toho, yep. which is the company who created the Godzilla franchise. Yeah. And then kaiju is a Japanese term for giant monster. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, I gotcha. there we go. Yep. And you went and saw the 2014 Godzilla with me at my bachelor party for my, uh, oh, yeah. for my wedding. Yeah. So you got some experience here. Have you seen uh, Pacific Rim? Okay, haven't seen Pacific Rim. Ben, what's your experience with King Kong? I know it is vast and varied. Yeah, King Kong for me goes way back when to when I was just a little, a little guy. When I I was probably a little Benji Avery when I uh, I saw King Kong for the first time. But it was just in clips on TV. But then also in these books that a lot of kids who are into like film and sci-fi in my generation would remember these orange books that were about, um, there was a Godzilla book, there was a Frankenstein book, there was a Wolfman book, there's a Dracula book, and it was all about like the movies, and they would have photos from the movies and some behind-the-scenes photos and, and you know production stills and stuff like that. And one of them that they had in my library was King Kong, and so I would get that book and I would just look through it and just absorb all the pictures, and uh, that book, I'm trying to remember if it came out before the 76 or 77 King Kong, but I... I whether it did or not, I remember, you know, pictures of Son of Kong and pictures of, you know, from this you know, original King Kong movie. And then fast forward to, you know, junior high and King Kong versus Godzilla was on TV. And I watched that with my dad on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon where we just hold up in the in his room watching on the little tiny black and white TV that they had on the filing cabinet in his room and just enjoying that. And then going from that to, you know, that almost a semi-annual kind of thing. But I didn't see the original King Kong movie in its entirety until college when I was really getting into film. And my mom sold Avon. And Avon had a... It was... I'm pretty sure that's how she got it. But it was um, a VHS cassette of King Kong. But the packaging was a little bit thicker than a normal VHS cassette because if you would press it, it would roar. And so that's how I first saw the full entire movie of the original King Kong. Loved it. Still love it. I guess I should say that the Jeff Bridges King Kong I saw before that, because I remember watching that uh, by myself in high school because it was on TV. But anyway, yeah. But I love them all. Uh, or almost all, except for King Kong Lives, which uh, is a terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> all right. Brendan, do you have any experience with uh, with this giant monkey? It's an ape, but uh, nice. no, that's okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Brandon is now an expert on apes. Well, why, don't, why don't you tell me? He does, <laughs> he does not know, no. But, Brandon, tell him why you're an expert on apes now. Because Evan has enlightened me to a wonderful series called Planet of the Apes. And I am not referring to the original one. I was not a huge fan of that. But the new ones I just recently saw, and I'm super excited about the one coming out this summer. But yeah, actually, that's not why I'm an expert on apes. <laughs> I'm actually not an expert on apes. We're, we're misleading your listeners here. Um, <laughs> I, liked, I liked apes and monkeys as kids. That's why I threw that out there. But anyway. Okay. That, yeah, so my experience with The Ape is just the one movie I watched with you, Evan. I don't even remember what one that is. Um, 
had the. Was it King Kong? It was King Kong. Yeah, this is the Peter Jackson version. Peter Jackson. Yes, I did not know there was a Jeff Bridges version, but I'm a huge Jeff Bridges fan. Mm. Or uh, one with Jeff Bridges in it, I mean. But, uh. Well, we can uh, talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably want to see that one. Well, I've seen. I've seen bits and pieces of the Jeff Bridges version, but really, my only major exposure is the is the Peter Jackson version, which I really enjoyed um, a lot. Oh, I don't get to hear about it. <laughs> ben is getting out to fill up the gas tank. You know, okay, we'll stop. Well, because Ben's out of the car, he's out of the conversation. Quick, what do we want to talk about now that Ben's out of the car? Um, we need something. We need something. What does Ben not like that he would never want to talk about on the show? Now it seems like a really good time to talk about how much we love the Polar Express. Brendan, are you... Oh, I love the Polar Express. Oh, my goodness. That's such a great movie. Yep, me too. It's my absolute favorite Christmas film. One of my favorite films in general yes. of all time. Oh, that is not, that's not my favorite Christmas film. <laughs> my favorite Christmas film is Elf. Which Evan can agree with. No, I, I I disagree with you there, Brennan. I am not a big fan of Elf. Um, but yes, The Polar Express, wonderful film. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Lots, for me, lots of deep spiritual themes that have deeply affected me in my life um, and, that I, and that I go back to a lot. Just the, could, could, could you hear the bell? Could you hear the bell? In the movie? Yeah. Yes, because at the end, they actually put bell sound effects when he rings the bell so that people watching the movie can hear the bell. Wait, seriously? Is that, is that true? Because I couldn't hear the bell at the end. Okay, then. You have some other issues that may need uh, looked at by a medical professional. Um, <laughs> But yeah, if you want my full uh, review on it, there's a Facebook uh, live video on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash strangers and aliens. So yes, Ben is still filling up. He's so far, he's spent $22 on about 10 gallons of gas. Um, so, you know, I don't know what gas is like where you guys are at, but that's what gas is like here in Mishawaka, Indiana. Um, I've officially run out of things to talk about. Because <laughs> we want to save the King Kong conversation for when Ben gets back. So, uh, yeah, we're just going to pause it real quick and wait for Ben to get back in the car. And Ben's back in the car now. Uh, he We have finished filling up. He spent $41. Back to King Kong. My main exposure was the Peter Jackson film, which I really enjoyed. Went and saw that in theaters as a teenager, and I really enjoyed the whole thing. I thought it was really cool, lots of really cool fight scenes. I enjoyed the whole first act where it's like uh, in the 1930s and they're doing the you know 1930s film business world. It was kind of cool. Um, it's, kinda, it's got a good amount of language, I think, if I remember correctly. So just watch, watch there. Um, but yeah, there's one scene in it where it's very hard to watch, and that's the bugs. That was very gross. Any any comment on that? Uh, my comment is, if you say so. I, I was grossed out, man. That was yucky. Did you um, know that uh, that King Kong movie is on our strange Christmas movies list? Is Christmas in it? Yep. It does. The ice skating sequence in uh, Central Park 
you can see Christmas trees all decorated out there. So it's yeah, it's, it's Christmas season, and it fits the strange Christmas movie definition, which is not a movie made about Christmas, but that has Christmas in it. Very true. Very true. Now, have you have either of you been on the the King Kong ride at Universal? Uh, the recent one, I guess. Because I don't know if the one that they have now is the same as the one that I went on. I'm pretty sure it's not. But I did go on a King Kong ride where the tram goes into this warehouse and there's all these scenes of destruction all around you. And he didn't work the day we were there, but his arms were actually supposed to come down around the tram and almost like it's shaking the, the, the tourist tram. And it was not working that day. But... Yeah, that day I got the the tram thing went by Jaws, went by King Kong, went through this Battlestar Galactica kind of stunt show thing, and also a tunnel that the Six Million Dollar Man ran through uh, that had this weird uh, effect that it was like spinning as you're going through it, and I got to like see all these things that were just a big part of my childhood, and King Kong was big and cool. Nice. It was that in was that in Hollywood. Uh, I went to the same tour, but this King Kong ride, it was a 360-degree 3D experience. Nope, not mine. <laughs> nope. Heavily heavily tied to the movie, and it was pretty cool. I mean, it was okay. I pers- Mine was tied to the Jeff Bridges movie. Nice. Yeah. So. Personally, I like, with rides like that, the the less video screen stuff you have, the better. Or at least... At least integrating the video screen stuff with practical effects um but this was pretty much all just it's a you're in a thing in the video screen and the tram is moving on uh you know with with the video so it's it looks like if you didn't know better uh you know king kong is grabbing your tram and and so are the t-rexes and he's trying to fight off the t-rexes to protect you and stuff and it was it was pretty cool but it's just a gigantic, like, glorified 3D movie, 4D movie. No, mine was, I mean, it was cool. It was an actual, like, giant robotic uh, King Kong and actually moved better, even though it was broken, than the King Kong, the giant robotic King Kong that they made for the 77 Jeff Bridges movie, which they actually made a life-size robot King Kong that costs so much money, but that was like the selling point on we're going to make this King Kong and we're going to, he's going to be so lifelike. And you see him like in five seconds of the movie and it is so bad. (laughs) So, so bad. It it almost ruins the movie. Just those five seconds. The rest of the movie is ruined for some people by other reasons. But for me, I like, I like it, but yeah. So anyway, um, it was tight. Yours was tied into the, the Peter Jackson King Kong. Yes. Okay. And uh, yeah, otherwise I love that uh, that tour for the backlot in Universal Studios is very cool. So, what else do we need want to talk about? We talked about our experience with him. What are you thinking, Ben? What are you thinking about the movie? Are you excited? I I don't know. I mean, this was setting up the. I mean, they they did that first Godzilla movie that Legendary did with uh, oh, I can't remember, uh, Gareth Edwards. I think was the director, and then. They were. They've been talking about we're going to create a uh, Toho Godzilla universe MCU kind of thing, American Godzilla universe, and this was the next one in that. And so it's interesting because this is 
this is a prequel. This takes place in the 70s, which I don't... Doesn't take place in Vietnam? Yes. Well, during, at least during Vietnam. Right, during the Vietnam War. Yeah. So that's where I'm just kind of confused. It's another one of those strange, huh, that's an interesting choice. But unlike Suicide Squad being a very interesting choice to have be the, you know, third movie in their extended universe, this is something that's a little more, I don't know, I guess it could be a lot more natural because it's just, oh, another giant monster somewhere on Earth in our universe. Which I, and I like that it's a prequel too, because it's not just, oh, Godzilla showed up. So now all these other monsters are showing up, but I like how like it's showing that these things did exist. We just didn't know about them. Look, I don't know what's happening in this movie. I don't know where this movie is going to go, how it's going to end or anything like that. All I know is they are talking about Godzilla versus King Kong and doing a Godzilla versus King Kong movie. Now we can talk about the original Godzilla versus King Kong if you want to, but that said, this Godzilla versus King Kong, if it takes place in the present day, then we are looking at like a really old King Kong. I mean, he's going to be 40 years older than he is in this movie if he survives this movie. And it's not like son of King Kong that Godzilla fights in the future. But Well, Godzilla is like thousands of years, thousands and thousands of years old. Yeah, but he was like in, you know, he was sleeping. He was in, you know, kind of a, you know, hibernation kind of thing. And King Kong, I mean, from the trailers, clearly this guy's not sleeping. He's not, I mean, he he's going to be awake and around and i don't know man i i don't know i don't know i could buy it giant monsters i could buy them living really long time i'm just saying he's gonna be old they better make him you know balding a little bit on top maybe maybe you know some gray hair on the back and turn him into like a silverback kind of thing maybe he's a baby in this movie it could be that's a big baby but it could be (laughs) it's a big gorilla i've always wondered in the king kong movies it's a little strange because there's always just one now, King Kong Lives, that terrible movie I was telling you about, the sequel to the Jeff Bridges movie, um, they they address that a little bit, but they find the female giant gorilla like halfway across the world. So I, I don't understand how you know these these species of giant gorillas are able to you know survive when there's just one, and he's the last one kind of thing. Well, we we see in the Peter Jackson movie there was giant monkey skeletons everywhere and it looks like from the trailers that this is the same deal bones all over those trailers man so we could be seeing he's the last one because the whatever the the things from legend of zelda lizards are killing everything yeah you know and that that he's the last one kind of a thing there's something to that where it just adds to the kind of the tragedy and the I don't know where this movie, like I said, is going to go, but the original movie with the Empire State Building where he goes up. I mean, he is a nasty monster in that movie. Uh, in the original cut, which they actually cleaned it up a little bit for code after they tried to re-release the movie. But in the original cut, he's like stepping on people and like grinding them into the ground. And he's eating people. And it is mean, nasty monster stuff. Uh, but then at the end, when he falls, you hate it. Because it like those people, how could they shoot him and make him fall off that building? And you, there's tragedy there. And it's the same with the Peter Jackson movie. That that ending is a tragic, tragic ending. Uh, he's a much more humanized uh, monster in that one, but it's a it's a tragedy. And same with you know <laughs> Jeff Bridges one. It's meant to be more of a tragedy. Um, of course, 
do you want to you want to spoil for the the sequel to that movie, The King Kong Lives? That I think no one should ever watch. Um, he dies in the first movie, falling off the World Trade Center because it's the tallest building in, in New York. In the <laughs> they keep him on ice. So in the sequel, they have had him on ice for 13 years, and they awaken him so they can give him uh, a a fake heart that they've created, that they've built. And he just needs enough, he doesn't have enough blood, so they have to give him a blood transfusion, so they have to find another one. And it's a terrible movie. It's so bad. I cannot stress enough how bad King Kong Lives is. Now, that said, I've seen it three times, but... <laughs> nice. So, in this movie, he's is he the biggest he's ever been? I want to say yes, but in King Kong versus Godzilla... He is a giant, giant, you know, skyscraper, uh, giant size thing. And so that one, he might be taller. I'm not sure. Uh, you're right. I think I, I think I saw a graph where they showed all the different sizes, and I think you're right. He is bigger in that one. Um, all right. We're almost to the theater. We're going to stop and get some Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, before we do that. Anything else you guys want to talk about before the movie? I have so much I want to talk about. I don't even know where to start. I'm just really excited about this movie. Oh my gosh, look at the giant inflatable King Kong! King Kong! Oh, he's, oh, he's out the, the right side of our car. There's a giant monkey. No we need to get a picture with and it says sail on it. <laughs> and he seems to be attacking new cars, new and used cars. We're, we're pulling around to get photographic evidence of this that we are not lying. <laughs> I think we all need to get out to get proof that, that we've all been here. Yeah, but it'll be harder. Well, I guess we can do the selfie. I'm not taking a selfie, though. I've never taken one since selfie became a word. So okay. We'll be back after we get this photographic evidence. Goodbye. <laughs> and we're back. All right. We got the picture. It's been taken. We'll be posting it in the blog post on the website and on our Facebook page for you unbelievers out there. Not that anyone's going to really care, but <laughs> it'll be there. We're lucky to be alive is all I can say. We survived. We survived. Now, this King Kong moved better than the King Kong in the Universal uh, ride that I went on. When I, <laughs> but again, still better than, than the... Uh, giant life-sized mechanical Kong that they made, that Dino De Laurentiis made. So, okay, we're going to get some Chick-fil-A, and then we are going to head to the theater. Um, I don't know. Evan, what are your expectations for this movie? And you give your expectations, we'll let Brennan give his, and then I'll... uh, I've already given mine. But by then, we should be at Chick-fil-A. Well, I'm hoping for something close to Godzilla, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, so I'm excited for that. Uh, I'm interested to see cause Samuel Jackson's in this movie. Yep, isn't he? Tom, Tom Hiddleston is in this movie. Um, who else? There's, there's a bunch of uh, Wreck-It Ralph is in there and I'm, I'm happy for that Wreck-It Ralph's in there. But also a, a Marvel uh, MCU character. That's right. He's in the Nova Corps. So it's, it's weird how many MCU actors are showing up in this movie. Um, besides that, I'm just, I'm hoping for a fun action packed 
Godzilla-esque movie. I'm hoping for some more monster time than we got. Or at least more King Kong time, because we got a lot of mudos in the Godzilla. But you know what else I'm hoping for? I always say this. The, I'm, hope the, I'm hoping the human drama is interesting and it carries the some of the the plot. So it's not just all, okay, we're just waiting for the monsters to come, but we actually care about the people. So there's that. Very nice. Brennan? I hope it's just like Planet of the Apes. That's all. <laughs> that's all I can hope for. <laughs> no, um, I saw I saw the trailer, and I think the uh, the special effects look pretty cool, and uh, saw some potential for humor. So, we're looking for those things. Uh, mostly, I just like a good storyline. So, uh, yeah, I don't have too many expectations as far as like how it ties into everything else because I don't know anything. So, I'm just looking forward to a good movie. Back to you, Evan. But the interesting thing is, you do, you have seen the Godzilla movie that this is going to be tied to. Oh, is it? Yeah. Tied to the. Uh... Yeah, they're they're part of the same cinematic universe. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, so you've seen all the movies in the series so far. Oh. <laughs> so you're. I feel good. <laughs> and, and after tonight, you'll have seen all both of them. All both of them. That's right. And I, and I wanted to talk about one more thing that I just remembered. Now, when this first was coming out, or that the news that they were making a King Kong-ish movie, it was just going to be called Skull Island, not Kong Skull Island, just Skull Island. And if I remember right, the pitch was it was just taking place on Skull Island, and King Kong wasn't necessarily going to be in it. I don't remember them saying that King Kong wouldn't be in it. I do remember them talking about the title. That's what I got out of it. That's what I got out of the descriptions that I read. Man, good grief, good the... Place. If you stood the line up vertically from uh, that is that Chick Fil A, then uh, it would be taller than King Kong. I'm guessing because well, the drive-through the line. Yeah, yes. We're gonna go oh, we're, we're gonna, gonna go inside. inside. Okay. That's a terrible park. can't park oh, there. Oh man. This guy is hogging the parking lot. He's like in two spaces at once. Okay, we'll be back after we eat some chicken. So stay tuned. All right, we're back, and we have food. We did not stay in the restaurant. We need to get to the movie theater, and so we didn't wait around. One of my pet peeves is people who eat while podcasting. You just don't want people chewing in your ear. So we're going to go ahead and shut things down. But for now, um, I'm excited. Evan sounds like is I'm excited. excited. I'm excited. Brennan is just curious. Yeah. <laughs> And so we will be back in a couple of hours for us. And we'll be back in however long it takes to play whatever sounder we're going to be using for this episode for you. So see ya. And we're back. We're back from seeing Kong Skull Island. We're in the van now driving home all right so before we get into things uh rating just give it your your out of five stars what do you think why don't you start with brennan oh man brennan what do you, what do you think he... <laughs> he said oh stink. <laughs> so he gets to start oh man See, here we go i don't even know i was not super impressed i would honestly probably give it like a five out of five? I, out of five stars? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought we were doing out of ten. 
That's usually that is not the, the perfect score. <laughs> I didn't know you guys did it. Usually I rate things out of 10. Um, so obviously I would have to change that to a 2.5. All right. All right. Well, we'll ask you your reasons in a moment. Yeah. I'm probably going to go with uh, three. Yeah. Three. For reals? For reals. What do you got, Ben? 4.75. Wow. wow. Because it's not perfect. But it is super close. Right. And we'll get into reasons. But let's start with Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brennan, why why have you given it this rating? Okay, uh, oh, sorry, just grabbed the mic. Um, I don't know. There were... There, I, I have to... I, I was entertained, but I wasn't engaged. And there were numerous reasons. I guess one of them was... The Kumbaya Harambe moment. <laughs> but it, Brennan, that's obligatory. Uh, okay, We're I should I should ask. Oh, okay, okay. I was just about to ask that about the spoilers. Um, just so, some plot things, which I guess giant. Uh, I almost called them monkeys. Giant apes on islands. I guess you got to use your imagination. But there were some some loose things that I don't know just kind of turned me off and. I was I was entertained, but I wasn't engaged. It was no Planet of the Apes. We'll go with that. Okay, and uh, for me, uh, I think one of the major turnoff was is just uh, it's really violent. It's really really violent, and um, I think they just showed more than they needed to. And it was kind of, it, in some ways it was gratuitous, which knocked off a star for me. And then another one. Uh, I think just some uh, some of the language also was a detriment. Uh, but overall, I think it, the the violence. I think they could have portrayed things in a way where I would have liked it more. Like I don't know. I feel like Jurassic Park had less violence than this. Uh, yeah, that's that's how I feel. That's my that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, Ben Ben is raising his eyebrows at me, but I I believe that this is an accurate statement. At least at least as much shown on screen violence. I feel like this had a lot more, um, and it was a lot of monster on human violence, which I I wish there would have been more monster on monster violence. I I like that better. So anyway. There was some good monster on monster violence, but it, the, there was more monster on human violence. I thought. Anyway, Ben, he loved this movie. So Ben, what do you think? No, I mean here's the thing. I mean, it, you want to stack this up against the original King Kong? It's very different. This is not going to change movie making the way the original did, and it's not going to, you know, set the world on fire the way the original did. It's not Citizen Kane. Which is, I mean, I believe is one of the greatest films ever, ever made. You know, it's not that. I would give Citizen Kane a five. But this was exactly what it meant to be. And for what it was trying to be, for what it wanted to be, this was a near-perfect monster movie. This was a near-perfect um, King Kong as force of nature kind of thing. This is, I mean... All of the beats that it hit for the monster movie thing. I mean, it did. It gave you some human characters you actually cared about, you actually liked. Um, at least one. 
I, I for me there was a handful, but I could see people not connecting with certain certain characters. But like the the Brie Larson character, I liked her. I like what she stood for. I like what she was trying to do. They didn't get into her a lot, but they enough, you know. And she's there because she's the you know photojournalist, and she's against war, and she's against violence and stuff like. I mean, there's so there's characters that I I liked, and then the there were moments of true tension and genuine scares and weirdness and world building and all of the stuff that I would want in a movie like this, it was there and it was done well. I mean, the cinematography was incredible. It was very good. It was gorgeous. And, you know, even in the moments of violence, maybe even especially in the moments of violence, because it it just, it was well shot. I mean, it's the kind of thing that, you know, you know that they did a lot of it with CGI. It's the kind of thing that you could see them doing in the past with, you know, just really good lighting and scrims and stuff um, or waiting for just the right moment. And then, oh, we missed the shot or the weather, you know, causes, you know, to have to wait seven, seven days to actually catch the shot of the sun or whatever. But uh, it, yeah, I'm, I'm raving about the movie. I, I, I'm not going to say I recommend this to everyone, not by a long shot, just because I'm saying I really, really liked it doesn't mean like it's the perfect movie for everybody it's the perfect movie for any kind of sci-fi lover but as a monster movie it is just about perfect i mean i put it up there with with alien and and aliens maybe even um in fact it reminded me a lot of aliens it it reminded me if you take a jurassic park throw in some some aliens um throw in you, you know just the you know, platoon and full metal jacket and that kind of thing. Cause that's the other thing is a war movie and it, you know, it's happening right after the end of, of the Vietnam war, war. And it's just, yeah, I'm, I, I will and can rave about it probably for a very, very long time, but I am seriously like, I am serious with my 4.75, uh, not because it's the perfect movie, but because it's the perfect monster movie. All right. And, uh, so are we clear for spoilers? Yeah, let's play the let's play the spoiler organ. All right, here it comes spoiler organ. Spoilers. 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 Okay, you've been warned. We are officially through the hurricane of the organ, and we are on the island of spoilers now. So. Brennan, let's hear from you. Can you explain a little bit more of the things that you weren't uh, going to talk about earlier? Are you talking about the Kumbaya Harambe moment? Yeah, the spoilers. Stuff. Yeah, so I don't know. It really wasn't that bad for most people, probably. But the part where King Kong is down and. Samuel L. Jackson's character has the opportunity to blow him to smithereens. But then in step the people after the poor setup to save his life. It, it was just, it was rushed to me. I felt like it was rushed. Like, I, I believe that they, they could have done a better job setting that up to where like, they had one, one intimate moment with King Kong where she touched his nose. And now it's her job to brave the jungle and risk certain death almost to go save a giant ape 
Yeah, but I would counter that, though. Okay, yeah, let, let him counter. Yeah. I, I don't think it was just that one tender moment. It was that we invaded his territory, we dropped bombs on his territory, we tried to pull him out so we could, you know, do this, and we shouldn't have done that. It's the last of his kind. So, you know... It's also the last line of defense from an army of exactly. giant lizards. We have uh, John C. Riley's character, Marlo, I think. Marlo is there. And Marlo is... he He's saying, you know what? Hey, we... He is the only thing keeping those monsters back. He is the only thing keeping those monsters from attacking. And he is the only... He is the last line of defense for... And, and so they... They recognize there is a problem. Samuel L. Jackson and the rest of our team has caused this problem. And now we're going to kill it just because we invaded and he defended himself. And you are a crazy um, Captain Ahab right now. I'm uh, halfway with you there, Brennan, on the Harambe moment. Um, I do I do see the, the need... Like, Ben's argument does make Ben's argument does make good sense. I got I got to say there was more setup than I gave it credit for. But yeah, the the Harambe thing, it just it was what was in my mind. Usually I see the preachy aspect of things that can tend to turn me off, and I felt like it was kind of going that direction. And I would say that this in the King, I mean in the other King Kong movie, the same thing happens where the the leads, you know, make a special spiritual animal connection to King Kong and uh and I do see, like, for me, when she was going back there, I mean, for me, my main motivation would be, hey, let's keep him alive so we can stop the army of giant lizard things from overrunning the Earth. Yeah. That would be my main motivation. But I think we could have done that without the nose-touching moment. And it, for me, I was kind of rolling my eyes during that because it is a, it, it is a cliche sort of thing it to felt, do. It, like, well, it kind of felt like a skit to me, almost. Like, if I could go back and watch it again, I feel like it would just feel like a... It's the point of the moment. Like that moment, the, the nose-touching moment, she's saying I'm sorry. Oh, no, I, I don't I'm care. Not, he is in tears. Kong has tears in his eyes. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about the part where they're all standing around him, though, like pointing guns at each other. That part felt like a skit, like the climax of, of a skit that somebody put together to talk about animal rights or something. I'm talking about the nose-touching moment. I, yeah, I, didn't, I understand that motivation for her I don't like that motivation um we I don't think we needed that moment we know King Kong's a good guy and they have good enough motivations to protect King Kong without having to have that cliched intimate personal moment with him we don't for me I don't need my main human character our main characters keep as far away from each other as possible we do not want any connection between our protagonists we just want one group of protagonists over here, the other protagonists over here. They don't need to meet each other. That's, that's a yeah. that's, not that's okay sometimes. And for me, I feel like on what some are you talking about that's okay sometimes. It is okay sometimes. That is goofy storytelling if you're doing that. No, I'm pretty sure you, we can. You can. I'm sure that there is a movie or two, or even a book or two, where that is just fine. But not. No, this you needed it here. You needed the connection. I disagree, but we will agree to disagree. Because um, on something of this scale, these two people meeting and having that intimate moment, it just seemed it just seemed out of place. Except for one thing, and again, you're kind of missing what what happened before. Like he is the defender of those people, and you know they're 
the 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 tribe of people there, which we can actually love to talk about the tribe too. But the tribe of people is there, and he defends them. Like he has, I get the impression he's feeling. Eh, maybe I'm completely wrong, but he's feeling like betrayed. Like here are some humans who are doing some really bad things right now, and the humans don't do that. Normally, I'm t- protecting the humans from the really bad things, and so here is a moment where he has a a moment with another human and I don't think that this is new to him. I don't think that it's uh, completely out of the blue. I, I don't think it's ridiculous because of scale. I think it makes, it provides a connection and it's not the connection that drives home all the stuff that happens in the Haramba Kumbaya moment or whatever you're saying, because in that moment for me is all about following orders. Then you have the, the guy who is the military authority and he is saying you will do what i say you're going to do because i say you're going to do it even though they all know it's the wrong thing to do even though they all know that kong is there and he fights monsters and they're going to destroy him and it's been brought up a few times and finally you have the soldier who is convinced by the photojournalist now you can get into some of the politics there with whether or not, you know, I mean, we're getting to 70s politics there where you have photojournalists and you have uh, you know, news people on the ground. You have people taking film of soldiers in Vietnam. Uh, you know, some of it is not putting anyone in a good light there, um, but some of it, you know, is, isn't a bad thing. But you have uh, her. She's the one who turns the gun uh, without holding a gun. She's the one who turns that young kid's gun away from you know the defenders of kong and i mean so for me i'm watching that moment and i'm like oh this is great because you have the force of doing what is right versus the force of doing what i say because i'm the authority here which and they're following him even though none of them want to they're following orders they're following orders but in this case he's saying you know this is not right and i know it's not right and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do it because it's not right so you guys can say that you're not connecting with the characters, but I connected with that kid and I connected with that kid's decision and I appreciated it. Um, let me talk about a little bit about what I did like about the movie. I really enjoyed like the first half of the movie a lot. I was loving the world building that whole first, like uh, assembling the team part. That uh, was great in the, in the tie-ins with, uh, monarch from the Godzilla movie and we we get to see some of the the photos from what Godzilla did out in the Pacific and mentioned the atomic bomb and John Goodman is connected to that yeah John Goodman was on a ship that apparently was attacked by Godzilla and so that's kind of cool yeah and uh, I love how they throw out the term Mudo when Samuel Jackson's asking him, you know, what are you doing? And he spits out the, what do you ever call it? The, the, acronym. the acronym. And that's just, I love the cool little connections there. Um, so I love the world building. I really liked the characters. I loved uh, Wreck-It Ralph. He was like my favorite character. And I was really pulling for him to live through the whole movie. Wait, who was that? Uh, the the oh, World War II oh, guy yeah. was Wreck-It Ralph. Oh. Yeah. How about that? And... Uh, so yeah, I think I think the main thing that really took me out was uh, the. For me, it just seemed like the excessive violence, like the the one that took me over the edge was the um, the guy who got abducted by the little saw beak pterodactyl dudes, and they sawed off his arm. Just well, they didn't saw it; they tore it. Yeah. To it, me, that seemed very that that kind of seemed Jurassic Parky though. 
That exact thing happened in Jurassic World. And then you have a guy who's torn in half sitting on the toilet in Jurassic Park. You're going to say that that's better than that or worse? Than, I mean, I feel they don't show it in that amount of detail, though, in as often. It was a silhouette. It was a silhouette when it happened in this movie. That, that was the straw that broke the camel's back for me, but there's a whole bunch of other though, stuff. I don't think. What, was there any blood in that, in that scene? I don't think there was. There wasn't any blood, except for Kong having it in his fur. Maybe I just felt really bad for that guy. You should. You should. And that's what makes a good monster movie is you are... You, you you feel bad for the people who are getting hurt, you know, and a lot of these people weren't bad guys. And even the, the people who were, you know, you know, John Goodman and Samuel Jackson, who really technically, I guess you're supposed to root for when they get hurt. And in a monster movie like this, you, you don't in this. It just happens and it's done. And you're just, OK, OK, we're past that now. We're into this next thing. But no, I will agree with you, Evan. It is there is some intense violence. It, it's an adrenalizing kind of violence in some of the cases. It's a terrifying kind of violence in other cases, and it's. I will totally agree with you that it is a violent movie. I'm not saying it's not a violent movie, but I am saying that's what I was going in, kind of half expecting it to be. I guess for me, like I did not have the same sort of feelings I was having in the Godzilla movie. When I watch this, because when for me, when God, ever Godzilla showed up, you know, I'm like, yeah, Godzilla. And, and then they pan away. Well, and, and with this, like when King Kong shows up, I did, I did that one time when King Kong showed up and hit that thing with a rock. And oh, yeah. for the for the rest of the time, I'm just like, ah, I don't know. I, just, I, I don't know. I, I don't either. I mean, it connected with me, though, and it was. And part of it was I was going in hoping for a monster movie. I was going in hoping for a, I wasn't hoping for a scary movie. And yet there were scenes that you're just tense and just wondering, okay, what is going to happen next? How are they going to, oh, he's not going to get out of this. And, (laughs) you know, it's that kind of thing. And so it's, it's the kind of movie that I was kind of watching and just, just anticipating. Okay. So what, what's going to happen next? And I'm watching the background of like in the trees like did i just see something move and once or twice i did and there's once or twice where nope i guess not i thought i did but nope they're just they keep moving they're going through the water and you're just waiting for something to just come up from under the water and uh you know and that's going all the way back to the original kong where they are on that island and there's you know brontosaurus coming up out of the water knocking down a, a log raft or whatever and so anyway i i really enjoyed this movie um Brennan, what did you enjoy about the movie? Um, I mean, I I did it. A, a two point five was probably a little a little low, honestly. I did enjoy the movie for its entertainment value, and also I should add, I was not going in expecting a monster movie because I just don't know a whole lot about King Kong and the fir- the the one I saw that we talked about earlier, Evan. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that was as monstery as this dinosaurs yes but as far as like just people being skewered and torn into people got eaten for sure but i feel like this one was much more like i don't know monstery in in the lots of lots of people dying and being you know eaten and everything and smushed intention very intentionally um so I was not really expecting that, so that's probably playing into uh, my rating a little bit just because I was expecting something a little more, um, I don't know, engaging as far as the 
mentally as far as the plot goes, but this was just kind of like smashing violence and, you know, but, um, entertainment wise, I did enjoy it. I, I thought it was fun to sit through. I liked the special effects. Um, I was super surprised at how quickly they showed King Kong. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what was that? Like first minute and a half, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But no, overall, I, I did I did enjoy it for the entertainment value. I think, think that's all I got there. I, you know, I think I might like it more based on the second viewing. I just, I just left with bad feelings. But um, do we want to talk about anything else before we get to the post-credit thing? I could have one more thing I liked it for. Okay, wait. Brendan's got one more thing. I liked it for the setup because I do plan on seeing the next ones. And, I mean, I would definitely say if you're planning on watching all of them, to go see this one because it's good setup for the ones to come. Like the the past, my past knowledge of King Kong, I do not feel like would be a good setup for the coming movies. So this one was this one was good. Yeah, I agree. Ben, anything else you want to add? Uh, I mean, there's a lot we can really talk about. I mean, there's the the natives on the island who they did a good job of creating a new culture rather than. Um, creating a culture that exists but creating it in a wrong potentially racist way uh, was, uh they they were a lot less scary in this one than they were in the peter jackson one. Oh yeah i mean they were intended to be though i mean they're yeah, yeah they're not meant to be a scary people um yeah i the the first battle with kong with the helicopters you're just wondering where do they go from here yeah. i mean like it's just and i mean that's that's their empire state building scene right there where all the planes are shooting at him and everything, you know, and we didn't have the empire state building or New York or anything in this movie, but this is the equivalent is when all the helicopters are surrounding him and shooting him and things. Yeah. And he doesn't die. He survives the movie. Um, I mean, there, I, I just, I, some good setup too, with making sure we understand, okay, Kong's still going to grow later. They make sure to set that up. (laughs) <laughs> he's not a baby but he's young yeah. Uh, yeah. when they get to the gravesite, it's not like oh that's Kong's wife and his kids it's that's his parents so he, that answers your thing about totally why he's does. why he's the only one left well not just I mean I can understand why he's the only one left it's just they actually really addressed it and, and get into the, the details about him being the only one left and um, you know then theme wise there's there's a lot of stuff that it gets into especially with like um the, the war effort, uh, you know, coming off of Vietnam and the soldiers who don't know what they're going to do next or want to go home. And so you have Samuel Jackson who he doesn't know what he's going to do now that the war is done. And then you have these other guys who are under him who just can't wait to get home now that the war is done and that they're getting pulled out. And you're getting to uh, Samuel Jackson complaining about how we didn't lose the Vietnam conflict. We we withdrew. We 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 abandoned it. Yeah, that's the word. We abandoned it. Um, and then you have the, the kind of resistance uh, to the the conflict with the Brie Larson character and, and being a photojournalist and Sam Jackson uh, complaining about her. You know, you're the ones who lost this for us. You're the ones who caused it because of the pictures you were sending back home. And she's, you know, the one with the with the, you're you're going to blame the people without the guns for losing the conflict and so there's some neat stuff there then there's the whole idea of uh you know there is environmentalist 
kind of things happening here. But at the same time, you know, as as Christians, we can complain and debunk the uh, you know global warming as much as we want. But the truth is, you know, we were told to take care of this place. You know, I mean, from from the very beginning. God said, you know, I've created this and, and I'm putting you in charge of, of this place. And there are some people who say, well, we're in charge of it so we can do what we want with it. And, you know, we can use up all the resources. And there are other people who go to the opposite extreme and saying we can't use anything, you know. And then there's, you know, something in the middle where we're saying, you know, let's, let's use what we've got, but let's use it carefully and let's take care of it. And, um, you know, when they're just going around blasting uh, in the name of geology, <laughs> it's kind of quote. Well, yeah. yeah, and then you find out that it's quite possible that they were just blasting to try and draw out the creature. Now, I think John Goodman was maybe expecting a Godzilla, yeah, not a King Kong, mm-hmm. but um, well, he just didn't realize what movie he was in. So, and his little assistant guy, um, he he was really doing the geology stuff because that was his whole yeah. theory, yeah. which explains more of the giant monsters. That we don't encounter because they're all under the, the under earth. yeah the, the hollow earth thing yes they're all underneath the earth now that's another cool biblical thing we can draw out of here is isn't it cool how the Bible says there were giant creatures that ancient man knew about that we don't have today like behemoth and leviathan it's kind of neat okay I mean <laughs> just I mean it's not something you really can apply to your you know your spiritual walk but I, I it's just honest. neat. And, and, you know, they're playing this up as, oh, this really cool idea of fiction. Well, yeah, there's more truth to it than you think, people. So, All right. So, hey, we got to close this down. And um, we also need to thank a sponsor. Am I right? Yes. Yes. I don't remember who we're supposed to thank this time around. I think our sponsor is sitting in the back seat. Okay. Is it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I guess I can just hand it over to him. All right. Brennan. Tell us about uh, what you do with your uh, woodprint thingies, right? He's yeah. the woodprint guy. He's not the t-shirt guy. He's the woodprint guy. Yeah, okay. I feel like I should change my rating to five now to get some more credibility here. <laughs> or ten, if that's what we're going with. No, uh, the woodprint shop. Uh, me and my business partner, Ross Sergio, uh, own the business together, and um, we create... Woodprints, that is photos on wood. We um, have a specialized printing process so we can print the images directly to rustic planks of wood to create a very unique rustic kind of home decor piece. Uh, we do a lot of gifts for people. They make great wedding gifts, um, you know, uh, graduation gifts, anniversary gifts, 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 beautiful home decor as well. So. Yeah, whatever, whatever you don't wait till Christmas though, because uh, that's our busy season. So, <laughs> back to you, Evan or Ben. Okay, I like the slogan: gifts, gifts, gifts. There we go. <laughs> yes. So that was another road trip, and uh, I'm, you know, I might watch it again and like it better. I can't wait to watch it again, and I know I'm going to watch it again, and I know I'm going to purchase this one, and I'm going to own it, and I'm going to watch it again. I think I'm going to take my son to see it because I think he would really like it. I know my daughters would be bothered by it, so I don't think I'm going to take them. But um, it really reminded me of one of my favorite video games ever, War of the Monsters, which Ben doesn't enjoy. But No, I didn't like it that much. But you know what it reminded me of is my, my favorite video game ever, Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, nice. Where you're like <laughs> climbing up on the fur of giant creatures 
And there was a number of creatures that could have come straight out of that that video game. Yeah. Um, before we go, do you want to talk about that post credit sequence real quick? The from yes, yeah, from the movie. Yes. Um, so we get a, we get a Marvel style uh, Avengers sort of uh, post credit. Jackson has been killed, so he's not in it. But but Loki's still there, and and Captain Marvel. Yeah. So does it does it seem like they're setting it up for those characters to continue on? I don't know. I don't think it necessarily needs to be those those characters, but. It definitely sets up that uh, King Ghidorah, Ronan, not Ronan, um, Rodan. Rodan, and um, Godzilla, and Mothra. <laughs> Mothra! 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 Um, <laughs> I can't wait for the singing twins. No, the singing twin no, fairies. This is my thing. This is my thing. Because the coming of the giant moth. The, <laughs> Of all your Godzilla monsters. I mean, I know he's famous. I know he's one of the most famous ones. Not just famous. Mothra has his own a couple different movie series, plus appears in some of the most popular Godzilla movies. Like where Mothra Mothra and Godzilla go up against King Ghidorah. We're leaving the theater and I'm just like shaking my head. I'm like, man, I just really don't like Mothra. Come on. What's more harmless than a moth? I mean, that's just... Okay, this is a giant moth. Yeah, he's a giant moth, Brennan. Uh, There's a difference. In in larval, in in the larval form, it shoots cocoon webs. Yeah, webs and stuff. Slows people down, or slows down giant monsters. I was was just explaining to Brennan... (laughs) That Mothra, he's like he's the goody two shoes of all the of all the monsters. Well, like he sounds like he's a moth. He's even like gooder gooder than Godzilla. <laughs> no, no, Mothra actually is from the beginning is defender of the earth, which is sad. Godzilla, Godzilla becomes that because of the popularity of the movies, and so they start start making the movies more for kids to, you know, have a hero. But Mothra starts out as. Um, you know, fighting Godzilla and stuff. So anyway, so there are there are all these like ancient cave paintings, right? Because yeah. early man would have known about these people because they're they're ancient also. And so, <laughs> Mothra's it's just a big moth. Like, like why is that in your collection of giant monster cave paintings? For all you know, it's just somebody decided to do a moth, but make a really big picture of it. Well, but it has it has like people that are like dying or something but look if you have four giant monsters that your people know about you're gonna paint all four of them even if one of them is a moth you're just gonna do it because okay. it's it's there it's big it fits the collection you know it's that it's that it's that one action figure that you don't i don't really want a jawa but of the 12 original star wars action figures the Jawa is one of them, and I already have the other eleven, so I might as well get the Jawa. Yep, that's Mothra for you. <laughs> so, anyway, and I'll say this: I do enjoy some of the Mothra movies. I enjoy some of the parts of the Mothra movies. Have you seen the new ones, the new trilogy? No, I mean I, I say new, but it's they're not bad. I, I've they're seen the, good, but they're not bad. I've seen the Godzilla versus Space Godzilla era. <laughs> Of Mothra appearances. Anyway, so our setup gives us this setup of uh, these things are coming, and I'm assuming it's going to be probably in the next Godzilla movie. 
he'll be fighting them. I don't know what's going to happen if it, it's if we, because I don't know how this all fits in with then King Kong versus Godzilla. Right. And right. and I'm 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 very interested to see them do King Ghidorah because he's a very different sort of monster. I feel like Rodan and Mothra. I mean, especially Rodan, the the Mudos really. They did his yeah. shtick, you know. In fact, those could have been Rodan. They could have just instead of calling them Mudos, could have just called them Rodan. Yeah. So, I don't know what they'll do with him, but I'm very interested to see King Ghidorah because that's a very, I mean, and I never saw any of his movies, but I've seen pictures and some clips, and eh, you know, I mean, it's great for what they are, but the the technology was limited for what you can do with a three headed snake thing. Yeah, well, I mean, you have a guy in a suit with his legs and the legs. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have wires controlling the tail, wires controlling the wings, and wires controlling the heads. Right. And then you have the heads flopping around on these wires, and then you have animators trying to put lightning coming out of the mouths. And it's just like going in any... Yeah, you're right. Uh, but at the same time, when he's not moving, it is a really cool creature design. Yeah, which I'm excited to see in skyscraper you know yeah. photorealistically rendered it's gonna be cool um <laughs> so anyway what's the setup i don't know what it's setting up all i know is they're bringing all the monsters out they're bringing them all together and king kong is included in them what have we learned about ma- establishing any sort of connected universe you need a shadowy organization that can appear in every single movie yeah. like shield or monarch or whatever they're going to do with the Universal Monster series. I don't I, honestly. I don't think the Universal Monster series is happening, though. I you don't think, think Mummy's no. going to do it? No, I, I've even heard that they're pulling back on that. Oh, they are not. They're they're looking at Mummy and saying that's not going to be enough to get something going. Oh, sad. Okay, well, you can say, eh, maybe you know. Well, listeners, this has been another fascinating episode of Strangers and Aliens. Uh, final words, Brennan. Oh, what do we say in final words time? I don't know. I'm, I'm new. I'm what's new your, here. What's your final thought about this movie? If you have one last thing that oh, okay, okay. you want to make sure people remember. Or if you want to like be like Steve, just pull out a random quote from a place <laughs> and say that. Uh, final words, I would say go in with a clean mind. Forget everything you know about King Kong. If you have limited knowledge of him, you'll probably enjoy it a lot more. And I will say... I liked some of this movie and enjoy the car trip where we actually got to see King Kong. And I will, and I will say, uh, remember all the things you know about King Kong because they reference a bunch of things in, in this movie. Uh, they reference, I, I'm, I, I would even say they reference some of the Peter Jackson stuff. They definitely reference the original movie. Uh, the, the one Senator at the beginning is named Willis and that's a reference to one of the creators. I mean, it, there's some good, stuff going on there with that but at the same time it's its own thing it's its own kong this is a you know it's a different king kong from any of the other king kong series that have happened and i really enjoyed it and i maybe i liked it more than i should but it got me excited i'm sitting there first of all i got a kid on my right side who just keeps talking and talking and talking and talking throughout the whole movie. I'm just like, Oh my goodness, kid. I wanted to shush them. I wanted to be the guy who shushes them. I didn't, 
Uh, on my other side is Evan, and I'm waiting for him to say stuff, and he's not saying anything yeah, like I'm he normally does. There is nothing coming out of Evan, so that I guess maybe is proof that he didn't like the movie. And then I'm trying not to say anything. I'm trying not to <laughs> make. You know, I'm like, oh yeah, oh inside, I'm just like, oh yeah, oh oh yeah, that was good. Okay, so. Oh, we did look at each other when Samuel Jackson yes. said, "Hold on to your butts." <laughs> I, I even got that one. I even got that joke, and I have very limited movie knowledge. I say that all the time to my wife when we're like driving, and I'll be like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go." Everybody, hold on to your butts. <laughs> so I good. Say it quietly until the kids saw the movie, and now I say it so the kids can hear me. But yeah, and then <laughs> that was a great line. It, was, yes. it took a moment for us, though. He said it, and then I, we, I think it took a moment for us both to realize, wait a minute, Samuel Jackson said that. He actually said that. <laughs> so That was good. But my other final word is to say thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much for giving us your time, for putting us in your ears, and for letting us uh, geek out about Kong or complain about Kong or whatever it is we do. So thank you so much for listening. And to everyone out there on your own road trip to the movies, Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandalien.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening. We're back again, and we just want to do a quick post credit because I got Brennan with us in the car uh, a couple weeks ago. We uh, got the chance to drive down to Mississippi to do a father son retreat that we help out with uh, a couple times a year. And uh, on the way down, we decided to stop at, in Metropolis, Illinois, the home of Superman. And uh, as you know, that's my favorite fictional character of all time. So I was very excited. This is my second time going. I enjoyed it. Much more than the first time. Well, I don't know. The first time was just really, really fun. But this one, it really made my day, filled my cup for the day. Uh, did, did you go into Did you go into the museum the first time you went there? No, I didn't. I we we stopped on. We were traveling with Life Action. It was the first ever day travel day out, and we just happened to be driving by it. And I asked the bus driver, "Hey, can we just park next to the sign that says Welcome to Metropolis, so I can get a picture?" Uh, because I'm a big Superman fan, and uh, she's like, oh, we can go into town, and I had no idea that all the Superman stuff was there. I just thought it was the town named Metropolis, so it was really was awesome. There's a 20-foot, I don't know if it's 20-foot tall, but it's a it's big... Tall. It's tall. It's probably 20 feet. 20-foot tall set, statue of Superman in the middle of town. Uh, they have the Superman gift shop, the Superman museum. There's, like, little, you know, cutouts where you can stick your head in Superman's face and take a picture. There's phone booths you can, you know... It's so, very Superman-y. So you mean to tell me last time you drove into Metropolis, you did not listen to the Superman theme song? 
No, I did. Because they they told me that that stuff was there. And so then I immediately got on the radio and pumped it with the Superman theme song. I gotcha. Yeah, well, we did that again. That was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we did. (laughs) So, so Brennan, Brennan, before we go talk, give me your impression about, because this is your first time going. You're going to hate me, Evan. (laughs) Superman's not my guy. I was rooting for Batman. In the <laughs> no, it was cool. Um, I was really blown away by the amount of Superman stuff that they have in that little shop, in that museum. I mean, that was an insane amount of Superman stuff. I did not know that much stuff existed. Stuff from all over the world, too. Like, it wasn't just stuff made in the USA. It was all from all over. And that was really cool. Not just the museum, but the gift shop. I walk in there, and they have got my toys that I grew up playing with. It's the Superman the Animated Series toys, still in box, for sale. And, man, God gave me grace to remember what my wife would think. Or else... <laughs> because you I... You did so well. <laughs> All he bought was a postcard. Oh, One postcard. That's right. It was less than a dollar, man. And I... Because I would have bought some stuff. Yeah. And it was so cool to see. They had they had some of the toys. I took pictures. I, I might post them in, in this blog post with this episode. But um, they had all the all the toys that I had growing up and some I didn't have like they had uh, and they had some of the original action figure molds they had thousands they had thousands and thousands of things in there it was crazy it was from floor to ceiling literally the cool i mean the cool thing was the amount of stuff and the variety of stuff that they had the uncool thing was just how they displayed mhm mhm <laughs> said stuff <laughs> because i mean how would you describe it brennan uh very unorganized and very unprofessional. I mean, they if they had all that stuff with a professional display, it would really, really be a cool exhibit. It kind of looked like um, a garage sale. Uh, yeah, I mean, a garage sale. That's, that's what it looked like. <laughs> I mean, and I'm sure they're doing the best with what they got. Um, but I, I mean... They have that Superman celebration there every year. If I was them, and I'm not saying you telling you how to do your job, it's a family-owned business. You do what you do, okay. But if you need some help, I mean, I would take up a collection and and you know, and I'm sure people would donate. And just with some minor touch-ups, yeah. you, you could boost it to another level. They have they have a super cool building there, and they've got plenty of space. It's just a matter of clean up the display they've got all the superman costumes they've got they've got a george reeves costume they got the dean can costume they got the christopher reeve costume first thing you do is you chop the heads off the mannequins that you have wearing those things they are freaky 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 (laughs) they do not look like superman (laughs) (laughs) that's the first thing i would do um but yeah if you if you live around there you're driving past there i and you're a superhero fan go check it out especially if you're like superman is one of your one of your characters. It's cool. The thing that filled me up the most was just seeing all my toys. <laughs> I loved it, man. It was it was so cool. Mint condition. It was really good. There was there was one poster. What was I looking at? I was looking at a poster. It was a signed poster 
No, it was a signed comic book. It was like a limited edition Death of Superman comic book signed by the writer of that. I think it was Dan Jurgens. And I was like, oh, man, that's probably worth some dough. And then I looked next to it, and there's Action Comics number one. And I'm like, what? Then I went out and asked him, like, is that a real, that's not a real Action Comics number one. He's like, no, that would be worth millions of dollars. <laughs> I was like, I didn't think so. so just checking, because I was waking out over the Dan Jurgens thing, but then I saw that one and realized I might be, you know, waking out over the wrong thing. They had the, they had the kryptonite from Superman 3, the actual movie prop. They did. It was I was geeking out. Brennan, Brennan was there. And you sent me pictures. They had the, the Mego Supermans that I had when I was a tiny, tiny tyke and the Superpowers collection. Oh, yeah, with the, like the, kind of like the G.I. Joe yeah, sort of guys? The, yeah. 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 So I think we're going to wrap that up then. Yeah, yep. I mean, just as much as Ben loved King Kong, I loved visiting Metropolis. All right. And by the way... They had uh, the soundtrack for King Kong was really really good. I just oh, yeah. want to throw it out there. Classic. Creed's Clearwater Revival yeah. two times. So I just had to take us back around the bend, and it's time for us to go now. Yes. Good night, everyone, and God bless.